Look at Romans chapter 1. See, if you brought your Bible, you could hear, read the whole thing with me. But here we go. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets, the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with the power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Boom! That's an opening line. Through him and for his name's sake we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and saint called to be saints, grace and peace to you from, our, from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's how you open a letter. Flip over a few pages. 1 Corinthians. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And our brother Sosthenes. I love that name. Sosthenes. you got to have a lisp to say it right. Sosthenes. Give it up for Sosthenes. What a great guy. What a great name. You know, I mean, you could be named uh, Johnny, but no, Sosthenes. That's cool. Anyway. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. That was 1 Corinthians. Um, uh, there, some believe, and, and they're probably right, we're not really sure, that there probably was many letters to the church at Corinth, um, but we have two of them, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And if you read 2 Corinthians, guess what he starts with? Grace and peace to you. But look at Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and the God and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me to the church in Galatia, grace and peace to you. From our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to continue, Ephesians 1, 2, grace and peace to you. Philippians 1, 2, grace and peace to you. 1 Thessalonians 1, 1, grace and peace to you. 2 Thessalonians 1, 2, grace and peace to you. To you. First Timothy 1 2, grace and peace to you. Second Timothy 1 2, grace and peace to you. Even to Titus, he says, grace and peace to you. And to Philemon, he begins his letter, grace and peace to you. How do you greet people? How different. Might our world be if we greeted each other, not with, hey man, but we greeted each other with grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ? How different would our world be if every person who crossed our path was greeted 
with grace and peace to you. Something about those words. Now on your note sheets, you're going to see some blanks. And if you're on your cell phone, if you tap in the blank, you can type in the answer. Grace and peace to you. I want to I pull this out today. I want you to know that within those five little words, grace and peace to you, they expre- it expresses the good news of the kingdom. Within the gospel of the kingdom. It, it expresses the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. It's hidden within grace and peace to you. In fact, if you study the letters of Paul, you'll probably discover what I discovered. Though his letters all begin with this idea of grace and peace to you, do you know what his salutation is at the end? Grace and peace with you. It's almost as if he's letting them know that I'm setting up for you that in this letter, I'm going to unpack for you the gospel of grace and peace, and I want it to be with you. And as you read it, see, we, we, we read the Bible and the letters here in chapter and verse, but they gather together in a home before they gather together in a temple, and they would, can you imagine the excitement? Because they didn't have email. <laughs> The excitement. They didn't even have a Pony Express. No, when Paul wrote a letter, he had to have a carrier. And that person had to travel. Could have been months. Can you imagine the excitement of those people in those homes when word got out that we have a new letter from Daddy Paul, the one who told us first about Jesus. And they would gather together and open up these letters. And in that house, hear Daddy say, Grace and peace to you. And while they were hearing Paul, Paul understood that the heart he was writing was the Father's. And at the start of it all, the heart of the Father is to the entire world grace and peace. To you. Let me unpack a few words for you. Grace. I'm going to go through this quick because I want to get to my application. But grace. Um, uh, It it comes, we pronounce it Cairo. If you get around someone who's got Greek, they'll tell you you're wrong. It's actually Hyro because the C is silent. But hey, it's all right. We'll say Cairo. Okay. So grace actually comes, it's the Greek word charis. All right. Now, in this day and time, a common greeting, a common greeting that people would give to each other was Karen. Karen. They would see somebody in the, in, in, in the, the shopping mall and uh, whatever they had in Rome, and, and they would say, Karen to you, brother. Karen to you, Mylon. Karen to you, Robin. It meant greeting or rejoice. But they said Karen, but, but Paul Paul says, Caris, it's, it's like a little spin on it that, that just would cause someone to go, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, that's different. Caris, it means to rejoice. It also means joy, 
pleasure, gratification, acceptance, favor. So when he says grace and peace to you, he's saying joy, pleasure, gratification, acceptance, favor, and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. When you are struggling and when you are downtrodden and you feel like there is no hope, ha, caress, joy, grace from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ to you. Joy, pleasure, gratification, acceptance, favor. One of the rules that you can follow when studying the Bible is called the law of first mentions. Here's a little Bible study information for you. Um, It's the law of first mentions. If you want to really dive into a specific word, um, used to, you had to go and buy a big book that's about this thick, about this tall, (laughs) called an exhaustive concordance, Strong's exhaustive concordance. Some of you think your life is boring. Can you imagine being this guy with a quill and he's, what, an, what a concordance is, imagine looking up a word like a dictionary, like grace, and when you turn to the page of grace, I, I know because I looked in mine, by the way, it's two and a half pages of every time the word grace appears in the Bible. And along with it on the right-hand side is some funky numbers that, like the Dewey Decimal System that nobody understands. And then you can turn to the back of the concordance, and you can look up the meaning of that, of that word that is translated grace. Do you, can I share with you the first time the word grace appears in your Bible? It's not in your notes. Bring your Bible. It's actually in the book of Genesis, where God has created man, and he is frustrated In the New King James that I grew up on, it actually uses the word repent, that God repented. It's not the repentance like you and I do. It's just the idea that he was so disgusted. Listen to this. I want to make sure I hit it and don't pass it. There we go. I'm going to start at verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. I wonder if he's looking at our world today. That every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth. And his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. Men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them notice that the sin of Adam had cursed the entire thing. He wasn't just going to wipe the earth clean of man. He was going to wipe it clean of everything. I want you to know the secret sin you're hiding. You have no idea the ramifications that it's having because you won't deal with it. I'm pulling this from one of my personal studies. I keep thinking, in fact, I was going to do a sermon series on it, but I'll never forget my mom's reaction in church when I said it, and so I just haven't done it. So, <laughs> so my study that I'm pulling this from is Big Butt Scriptures.
I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I'm grieved that I have made them but Noah. One man, but Noah found favor. It's the Hebrew word for grace. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to know that God's grace is so powerful, it can change your world. What you think is bound for destruction, if you'll receive grace, his favor, it can change things. Another scholar says that we could uh, define grace as favor done without expectation of return. Jesus carried this teaching because Jesus said at one point, when you give to someone, give without expecting to get it in return. An opportunity has come our family's way, and I, I, I felt the tug of the Lord in my heart, and, and, and I jumped at it, and, and uh, so as my wife and I have been talking and praying about it, we've, we've, had, we've had to come to grips with this thing, this idea. Are we willing to obey God even if it doesn't come back? Are we willing to give from what we have to meet a need even if it doesn't come back? Because that is grace. Grace says, if you can pay me back, fine, but I'm going to bless you regardless. Do you know why that's so powerful? Because that's what Jesus does. That's what God does through Christ. He has given grace. And I want you to know, he doesn't expect anything back from you. Do you know how different that is than what I've grown up with? That I had to live a specific way and talk a specific way and dress a specific way and, and have my hair done a specific way. I'm so glad those rules aren't there because my hair's leaving me. But God gives grace without expecting anything. In return. But probably my favorite is Spiros Zodiades. He's a Greek scholar, and it's, he says, Grace is the absolutely free expression of the love of God, finding its only motive in the bounty and benevolence of God. Amen. Grace to you. But he doesn't just stop with grace. He says, and, and the idea of and is that the two are in, intrinsically tied together. Grace alone matters not if there is not also peace. Peace is the Greek word arene. It means harmony and every kind of good. Completeness, contentment. Those of you that are in Rome that are afraid that you're going to be put in prison because of the gospel. Joy, pleasure, gratification, acceptance, favor, and harmony and every kind of good. Completeness, contentment to you. From God our Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's 
Greek lexicon defines it this way, that it is peace is the tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot, whatever sort it might be, peace. It means no striving. It means no worrying. Do you know that the phrase grace and peace is found 17 times in the New Testament? 15 of the 17 times mentioned both God the Father and Christ the Son because God gives us his favor, but Jesus secures our peace. What would, we, the idea is, as it, in heaven may it be on earth, what would it be like if those of us that are Christ followers were people who lived grace and peace? Characteristics quickly. First, people of grace and peace forgive in the midst of hurt and hardship. No, John, I'm going to wait till I'm over it, and then I'll forgive. That's our example is Jesus. And in Luke 23, it says, When they came to Golgotha, the place of the skull, they crucified Jesus. They mocked Jesus. And while he was on the cross, in the midst of the pain that was being inflicted upon him, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. To be people of grace means even while we're being hurt and our life is being crossed, because we have experienced the forgiveness and the favor of God, we extend the forgiveness and the favor of God. Oh, but that's Jesus. He was the God-man. Okay, how about Paul? In Acts 20, verses 22 through 23, Paul writes this, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. If the Father told you the difficulties that are right around your corner, would you still follow him? Would you believe that you carry his grace and you can have his peace? Paul faced hardship. Paul was consistently in prison under house arrest, beaten, threatened because of the gospel of the kingdom. And yet he chose to initiate his letters in the same manner by which he lived for Christ with grace and peace. He was technically under arrest for about five years of his ministry. Two and a half years in actual prison. The other uh, times he was under house arrest. Or he was being escorted by Roman soldiers. Snapshot of Paul's life, in case you don't know very much about him. You can read these for yourself. I've given you the scripture references. In Philippi, Paul cast out a demonic spirit from a slave girl. Her masters, however, who had been making a living from the woman's powers, became angry, stirred up an entire city against him, and fellow evangelist Silas, that they arrested them, beat them, and put them into prison. You can find it in Acts chapter 16. In Acts 21, you find the story where Jews from Asia hated Paul. They saw him at the temple in Jerusalem and believed that he was, and believed wrongly, they falsely accused him of bringing unconverted Gentiles into the part of the temple area where they were forbidden. In other words, he was breaking the church's rules, the religious rules. That's what he was accused of, and that's a no-no. 
even in our day, isn't it? They loudly accused him of wrongdoing and stirred up a riot against him. And the mob violently laid hands upon him and dragged him out of the temple. And they beat him to the point of almost death. And it took Roman soldiers. They had to come to save his life. And yet he still said, grace and peace. For Paul's safety, he is taken at night by 200 Roman soldiers to Caesarea. In Caesarea, he is held in prison because Felix, the governor, is hoping someone will make a bargain with him for Paul. The bargain isn't made. Paul's eventually sent by Rome, sent to Rome by ship to have Caesar hear his case. And after spending a little more than two years in a Caesarea prison, the apostle is escorted to Rome by a centurion. He eventually arrives in the city and spends time in a hired house while under arrest for about two years as he awaits his trial and ultimate acquittal in the spring of 63 AD. Paul continues to pin letters to the churches he has started and he starts them off with grace and peace to you. I'm in the midst of hardship. I'm experiencing bad things, but yet in the midst of my bad things, I still believe in grace and peace to you. Paul, in the mid, in the mid to late 67 AD, is arrested again. But by this time, he's in jail in Rome, and he's incarcerated until he's beheaded for the gospel around AD 68. The life of Paul is one who was wronged and hurt, and he yet gave Grace and peace. A second characteristic of those who live by grace and peace, they'll interrupt condemnation with truth's declaration. Can I give you one of the a great scripture from the Bible? Jesus, uh, uh, the statement of Paul in Romans 8:1, speaking about Jesus, he says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit has given us life and has set us free from the law of sin and death. You know what? When that that enemy comes up in your mind and says you're no good, you need to interrupt it. Say, no. I live under grace and peace. I have his favor. And that favor gives me joy. Thirdly, people of grace and peace will inspire others to believe in God's grace and peace. This is where I wanted to end today. They'll inspire others to believe in God's grace and peace. Acts 20. And now, 22 through 24, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, in other words, but... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And then he tells us the task. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The word testify is the Greek word Maratheo. And one of, it mean, one of the definitions means to cause others to believe. Are you living your life in a way that when people cross your path and you leave their path, are they inspired to believe that there is grace and there is peace in the midst of our world? Wouldn't you like to be that kind of a person? 
There's only one way. And it's actually the, the last characteristic of grace and peace people. They have, you have to learn to live in step with God's spirit. But the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, 22 through 25, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, 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 see there. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against these. There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's what Paul said when I, I don't live for me anymore. My life means nothing to me. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If you want to be someone who not only receives the grace and the peace of the Father, but becomes a person who exudes the grace and the peace of the Father, you must learn to live in step with the Spirit of God. Would you stand with me today? I want to ask you to consider that question that I gave you. Don't just blow it off, but think about it. If you have accepted Christ, you have received grace and peace. Grace and peace to you through our Lord and through our God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. But the goal of grace and peace to you is that grace and peace will be with you. That it will walk with us. That it will fill us. That we will be people. I'm talking to me too who has to battle the flesh and bring it and go, I want to do grace and peace. <laughs> but you can do it. So can I. If that is you, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to be that kind of a person. If I can be, I want to be. Keep your hand raised. If I can be, I want to be. All right. Now, if you've raised your hands, I want you to step out and come down here. There's a reason why I'm doing this. I'm going to show you. We don't do it often. Those of you that are online, if that's you, raise your hand and stand up. Just stand up where you are right now. The same spirit that's here can touch you there. Come down front if you say, I want to be a person who not only receives God's grace, but lives where that grace and peace is with me. We're going to do it the way that they did it in the early days of the church. It's actually recorded for us in the book of Acts. You see, at the beginning of the church, there were leaders, apostles, whatever. And they were praying together. In fact, they were fasting together. Paul writes about it this way. He says this. From Malaysia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God. What a great line. Committed to the grace of God for the work they had now complete. The word committed. What a powerful word. Paradidomai. It means to give over to someone else. Can I pull some strings together from the last three weeks? Two weeks ago, I talked to you about the idea that we are created, that, that there are spirits that are seeking a home. I talked to you about that last week. That really what it means to be filled with the Spirit is to give yourself over to the Spirit. Every spirit's looking for a home. 
and every spirit's looking to manifest through that home. Can I tell you the difference between a demonic spirit and the spirit of God? The demonic spirit takes away your choice. Do you think the boy in that story that I read to you last week that threw himself in the fire wanted to go in the fire? Do you think that every, have, is there ever time where you've done something you really didn't want to do but you just couldn't stop? Because demonic spirits come to take away your control. Do you know how you commit yourself to the grace of God? By your will. You give yourself to him freely. And if you'll freely give yourself to him, he will come in. The time where they were committed is found in Acts 13. While they were worshiping the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This was a practice that the early church had. They would come together and they would commit each other to the grace of God. They would commit each other to the Spirit of God. They would pray for each other to receive the grace and the peace, but to walk with the grace and the peace. And that's what we're going to do today. Oh, but you're the pastor. Same spirits in me and you. And we forget God is a God of principle. And one of the key principles of God is whatever you give comes back to you. What little you have, when you bless someone else, they receive from the Father, and the Father gives back to you. So would you find someone who you are not related to, maybe even someone you don't know right now, and join hands together? If you're at home, join hands with someone. Hi, hey, it's all right. COVID's dead and gone. It's all right. Now listen. As I pray... As I pray, you pray, okay? And release what is in you to each other. And know that as we do this, the Father is opening up the spiritual heavens and will give you exactly what you give. So let's pray for each other. Father, I pray for my friends, my brothers, my sisters. I thank you, Father, that you are the God of grace in peace, that God, we don't earn it, but it brings us joy, that grace brings us peace, that grace brings us gratification, that grace gives us acceptance in your favor. And we pray for each other that they would come to know the favor that they have with you, the acceptance that they have with you. We release grace to each other. And Father, we also release peace to each other. We release harmony. God, I pray for unity inside of us internally between us, our spirit, and you. May we walk in unity, in harmony together. Lord, I pray that with the people that we're holding hands with, may we as your church, just this part of your kingdom called new life, may we be people that walk in harmony with each other because we are walking with grace and peace. Father, in our homes, may we live in a unity of grace 
and peace. Father, in our workplace, may we begin to be known as people who carry something that is described as grace and peace, harmony. We release every kind of good to each other in a world of bad. You are the great God, the good, good shepherd, and we receive good things from you. Father, we release completeness. Father, I pray that we would come to know that in Christ it's done. We are complete in you. That's why we don't have to strive, but we are complete in you. May we be, we release contentment to each other. Father, may we be content with where we are and know that you are with us always. We pray for each other. We release grace and peace to each other. And now we also pray for each other that as we go into our days and weeks ahead, we pray right now a spiritual prayer that that they would live with grace and peace, that grace and peace would walk with them, would, would guide them, would protect them, would overshadow them, would fill them from the inside out with all of the joy and the pleasure and gratification and acceptance and favor that we gain from you. May they be people that walk with a sense of peace, that they walk in harmony and receive every kind. 